from the friendly confines of the KentuckyCrazies.com studios, located in the heart of the Big Blue Planet. Listen up. It's time to talk all things Kentucky crazy. Listen up. Your hosts, Mike Hicks and Aaron Newton. are crazy all right kentucky crazies we are back better than ever on this podcast we're going to do a little north carolina recap we're going to do just kind of an overall analysis of the kentucky basketball team ucla is coming up and a little football news a little bit later teammate shout out award-winning a unique video produces web videos for companies across the state of Kentucky. Visit auniquevideo.com. Great Sky Music produces award-winning original music for use in advertising. Let the music sell your name and let Great Sky Music help. Visit grayskymusic.com. Ballard Construction offers one-on-one customer service. It's a small family-run company that builds quality homes. No gimmicks, upfront, and no surprises when you build with Ballard Construction. Visit BallardConstruction.com. Yeah, once again, we want to thank all of our teammates for all their support. We could not do this without you. Thank you. We haven't done a podcast in a little while, so we're back in the saddle again. We might be a little little rusty. Yeah, a little rusty, and maybe you can even hear our chairs yeah, being rusty. Hear it. <laughs> hear it. Uh, all right, of course, we got KY, Crazy Aaron. I'm here. And at Kentucky Crazies, Mike Hicks, as the guy says, and Aaron Newton, the uh, <laughs> the opening voiceover. You know what? You know, everybody says things differently. Yeah. I might sound like Urkel. That guy pronounces your name wrong. That's so. what we've heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's been said. It's been said before. Um, all right. So right out of the gate, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the North Carolina game when the Cats... Pretty much, we're in control the entire game from opening tip-off. It felt that way. Uh, you know, you, you always get a sense of the, how the game's going to go, usually within five minutes of the game, and it felt like we were in control. We just it seemed like we got the, the lead. To, you know, we were up 15 at halftime, and it just kind of stayed that way. We never really pushed it too much past that, but it seemed like we kind of put the brakes on in the second half. I think Cal was wanting to, to slow it down and, and maybe try something different. I don't know what he was thinking. but well, The grounded out mode, he yeah, likes to call it. And he does do that, and, it, and that prepares you for games in the future that you're going to have to do that. This is going to be kind of like a superstitious type thing to say, but you know, there's not a coach in the world that would subscribe to this type of thing. Very random thought here, but there's something about like CBS, Kentucky home games against name teams like North Carolina where you just feel like we're going to win the game. We had talked about before, we've had a lot of Sunday games this year. Yeah, And, you know, you get a Sunday crowd after church, have a little after church food on their bellies, you know, whatever. There's just something about UK lore where we're going to play North Carolina at this time, afternoon, Saturday, CBS game. We're going to win. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, at home especially. Yeah, the Sunday games have all been—they've been hard to watch, even you know, because that's not supposed to happen. You know, you, you sit at home on a Sunday, you're watching football, and I'm not—I'm not in the mode to watch basketball. Hey, I've watched the games, but the games have kind of been blah. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, any game, you can watch uh, Tulane versus Cincinnati on a Sunday, but you don't invest yourself into it. You know, you just watch the game because you're on the couch. But when, no, it's, when no. it's the catch, you know, you, you want to get into it. And I think the, the team is kind of that way, too. Not necessarily that it's, that it's a Sunday, but the teams that we've played on Sundays, you know, the Columbias and teams like that, it's harder to get up for those teams. And you you don't you see it from, with every team, not just us. But when you see a, a Columbia in there, it's – you know, how jacked up is the team going to be? Yeah. So I knew going into Carolina that we weren't going to see that game. Going into UCLA, even though UCLA is down right now, I mean, it, it's still UCLA across the jersey. Exactly. And it's going to be a, a primetime game, middle afternoon. And I think, you know, in most cases, we play better on neutral sites um, than we do sometimes on the road and sometimes even at home. You know, at, at home, it's hard to get that, you know, the old blue hairs – to open their mouths and, and do some screaming. That's a good point, and this is the kind of game where you're going to have the people that don't, that aren't the blue hairs sitting down in the front row. You're going to have them traveling to Chicago. They're going to have a little pregame beverages and probably during the game beverages, and those are going to be, you know, we need the blue hairs. We understand the blue hairs, but those are going to be, quote-unquote, real fans. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be, you know, it's the, at the United Center. It's a big venue. You have fans from the other uh, three teams as well, Carolina, North North Carolina, that is, Ohio State, and UCLA. But you know it's going to be all Kentucky blue. Yeah, and speaking of blue, the baby blue, let's talk a little bit more about the North Carolina game. Uh, I know uh, before we turned on the microphones, you were talking about that particular segment that Willie Cauley-Stein had. It seemed like every game he has a stretch that he he, he does things that just absolutely blow you away. And in this game, to me, it was the, the five-minute mark to go in the game. And he just – he changed – He took he took over. He took over. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't remember the exact sequences. I know he had, what, two dunks. and He had a, a, a block shot. And he also – the play that solidified it uh, and that actually turned into a timeout was the mm-hmm. dive on the floor. Yeah. St- stole the ball, dove on the floor, called the timeout. Mm-hmm. And – we see him do the see him do these things, and we forget that he's seven foot tall. Right, you know, seven footers still should not be able to do these things. And I, I go back to what I've said previously. I don't think we've ever seen an athlete the likes of Willie Cauley Stein. We've had some great athletes, but but the way he the way he runs, the way he jumps, and well, his, his progression is really something that's been fun to watch because, as we all know, he was he played football. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> And uh, came in not loving the game of basketball. Uh, there were times as a freshman and sophomore, we talked about this many times on the podcast, but you were like, get the ball out of his hands. Mm-hmm. And to watch his skill sets improve, and oh yeah, by the way, Coach Cal can't improve players. You know, he doesn't <laughs> know how to coach. But if you watch his progression, and now something that I think, and this is scary for the country, and as Jay Billis said, Willie's played himself into player of the year conversation. The thing that has happened recently is Willie – all of a sudden, mentally, wait a minute. I think I like playing basketball. Oh yeah, and 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 you've seen. You know, we're still doing the platoon system, even though we haven't mentioned yet Alex and his knee injury, right? Which is horrific, and I, I hate it for the kid. But and we'll talk about that later. But it, we're still doing the platoon system to to a point. He's he's only doing it nine now, which I really thought Willie would have. I mean, uh, Willis would have stepped in there, but he hasn't yet. But somebody was going to get more minutes well 
right now looks like Willie is getting those minutes. Right. Yeah. Know. He's the guy that's getting the most minutes out of anybody. Yeah, you can't take him off the floor. You know, right. Marcus Lee is losing some minutes because of it. And Marcus Lee, is he's a great athlete. To me, he's a lot like Willie. Exactly. To where, you, you know, when Willie come in, you know, he, he was a project. They said that when he came in, which I don't know why he came here, because like you said, Cal can't develop players, so he <laughs> had no shot at the NBA. But he, Lee is a lot like that, even though Lee was in McDonald's All-American. He's a lot like Willie, and his offensive skills are, are very, very raw. You know, it's a lot of just throw it to the rim and, and he, dunk. He's an athlete with not bas- without basketball skills uh, that, you know, as far as, like, uh, he doesn't have the best basketball skills, but he's got the raw you yes. know, physicality. But, but like I said, Lee is losing those minutes to, to, to Willie, but you can't take Willie out. And that that's – but, again, that that's showing you what players can do when they do come back. You right. know, look at what – Willie's doing and Dakari, two two of the players we had come back that that have really to me earned, earned himself a huge paycheck because they stayed. Absolutely, and you know, j- just one last thing on Marcus Lee. You're right about his minutes dwindling, but here's what I've seen in the minutes he's he has gotten, he's increased productivity. So he's mm-hmm. he, it's starting to click for him too, which is a good thing to see. And uh, you had mentioned um, about returning players. Yeah, the thing that happened with Alex, uh, freak play, breakaway, uh, layup by himself, comes down and tears his ACL. Just heartbreaking for the kid. Everybody, there's not everybody loves Alex. Oh yeah, they they say he's the most liked player on the team. Uh, him, him and Willie are roommates, so you know Willie took it hard, and and that may be part of Willie's progression now. Is he's playing for Alex? Right, it gave him an extra reason. He was already kicking it up a gear, but you know sometimes. Uh, like, you know, Alex said himself, God has a plan for everything, and, you know, who knows what this is. Go back to the 98 title, uh, Alan Edwards' mother passed away right at the start of the SEC tournament. Nobody was really giving us a chance to win it, and everybody rallied around uh, Alan and his family, and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Alex come And guess what? We'll get nine this year, and Alex comes back next year. We'll get ten next year. How's that? Yeah, and as much as I love Alex, and we are going to miss him, you know, the things – he makes those plays during games that that nobody else can do. How did he block that shot? Exactly. You know, how did he get that rebound? And you know, he he does things like that. So we're definitely going to miss that and his defense. But I think this team can be better. I hate to say it because I, I do love Alex and I don't want to lose anybody. Here's the way I like to say. I, let me throw this in there real quick because this is something that's come up in a lot of circles. I think that we can be different. And we're never going to know the parallel universes. But go ahead. I know the way I like to say it is we're going to be different. Well, what the angle I was going at was our shooting offensively has been horrible. You know, and and we knew that that's going to get better regardless if we'd had Alex or or not. But look who's going to get the extra minutes without Alex. And it's to me, it's going to be Trey Lyles. And at times, too, we will go small where we'll play, you know, the, the three guards, you know, either Euless and the Harrisons or, or throw Booker in there, too, so we can go go small there. It's called small, but it's still 6'6 six, six on the wings. Right. But th- th- that's a, a much better shooting team than if we have Alex in there with Willie and Dakari. What we're seeing firsthand is, uh, you know, the platoon system, uh, you know, people say, oh, Cal's not going to do that. Cal was never going to do that. And what we see is the fact that we had, he reinvented the team when everybody came back into the platoon system. 
And he said in the beginning, well, if somebody gets injured, then it's going to change the, the mm-hmm. dynamic of it. And it happened. And so now, like you said, Trey's going to step in. Trey is going to be forced to uh, develop his game faster. It was already there. Mm-hmm. It was going to morph into March time where we're, we're going to see it in you know, mid-January you know, now because he's going to be playing more minutes, you know. So it's, um, you know, I hate it for Alex, but now it's a good problem to have for, for Trey. But the only problem is now is is that going to pro- <laughs> progress Trey so much that, you know, we're going to lose him next year. But good for him. If that happens. Player, you know, players first program, yeah, man. I, I've always said if players leave early, then they've, they've played up to that level to where they can leave early. Exactly. So we can't complain about that because if they if they stay – then something happened that they didn't live up to those expectations. <laughs> Listen to these problems we're having. We're not worried. <laughs> we're not worried about Dakota Uton or Vinny Zolo. Yeah, how about him the other night? I think he has six points for Cleveland State. Good, good for him against Virginia. I saw him. He's really good at going to the open spots and raising his arm, saying, "Throw me the ball." I think he excels in that particular. That can make him a lot of money overseas. Yeah. How are these players? I know we're kind of getting off the Carolina game here, but. The the Gillespie recruits from, you know, it seemed like it seemed like ages ago. But how are they still playing basketball? Well, because he started recruiting them when they were in seventh grade. <laughs> is why. I mean, Vinny Zolo was like we were high fiving because we had him. Yeah. Now he's all star for Cleveland State. You Casey know? Ross Miller, who's who's now at Auburn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be. Uh, I'm going to be in my 90s, and there's going to be Billy Gillespie recruits still playing. <laughs> yeah, when I heard Zolo for three the other night on the ESPNU game, I was like, I cannot be Vinny Zolo. And sure enough, I said, I said, hey, Siri. <laughs> anyway, I was trying to get my Siri to come on. It uh, pulled up the Cleveland State roster, and lo and behold, there was Vinny Zolo in the house. Yeah, we were headed for a disaster. <laughs> we were already there. <laughs> Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about uh, some numbers I wrote down talking about point guard play. Um, assist to turnover ratio is a, a big deal when, you, you know, when you're playing at high levels. And uh, Andrew at this point has 42 assists and 19 turnovers, which is ridiculous. Tyler Eulis, who you know, those two guys pretty much handle the ball the most. Mm-hmm. He has 33 assists and 12 turnovers. That's combined – uh, the two guys that handle the ball the most, 75 assists, 31 turnovers. And then if you want to throw in Aaron, he's 23-11. and 11, So the combined uh, guard play there is 98 assists and 42 turnovers. And it's amazing that our point guards get no recognition whatsoever. You know, we're such a great team, which I can understand players kind of I get lose some of their luster, you know, personally. Because they they do share it with such a, a great group, but our point guards are playing phenomenal, and they're two completely different point guards. You know, somebody at work told me the other day that, that he likes Eulis a lot better than Andrew, and I said, "Well, they're really." I can't say I like one more than the other. They're really completely different. You know, Andrew's as we know is much bigger. Can get you know he, he does different things. He can get in the lane. He he draws the fouls in the lane. He's a great free throw shooter. The, he's not as quick as Eulis, but Eulis is God, he's so quick on defense. He gets up in your face, but you well, can the, shoot over him. You know, but, well, they're, they're the perfect you know double headed monster there. And you know, for me, it's like why say one to they're wild, they're both wildcats yeah. and they both contribute 
And, uh, you know, they wouldn't be playing if Cal didn't think they were deserving of it. And obviously these numbers show it. And like like you said, there's definitely a difference in, in the, what they bring to the court. And so if you're the other guard, you're playing against two teams is what you're doing. You're playing against a guy 6'6", six, six, and then four minutes later here comes in the little 5'9". Nat, it's you know constantly in your face, and and I think that's why people kind of lean more. Well, you know, like you said before, it's the you know the backup quarterback mentality. But Ulysses is definitely more um, energetic. He's more flashy, I guess you'd say. Well, to, uh, to the layman, it, it's it, it appeals more. Yeah, it, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He, you know, he's it, like I said, it appeals more. Where Andrew is steady. He does. You know, he get he's. He still he gets you the W. <laughs> he, he, and, you know, basically they make the same plays. You know, they get in the lane, they toss it up to, to Willie, and he jumps up with his belly button on the rim and, <laughs> exactly. and, and drops it in. And, you know, the, the guys that get paid to do this kind of thing on ESPN just came out with their top ten uh, point guards at this time of the year. And, of course, none of, none of those uh, guys made the list. Yeah. And uh, a guy named Ryan Harrell did. And uh, I love Ryan Harrow, and I wish him the best, and I hope he has a successful career and all that. But you're telling me that Ryan Harrow is on that <laughs> list, and these guys aren't? Okay. I didn't see that. I yeah. didn't see that list. Yeah, that is for real. And of course, the guy from Duke is number one, you know, because that's part of the contract. They had to put him up there. Yeah. But no, he's a good player. But come on, people. I mean, if you're going to put Ryan Harrow in there, you've got to put at least one of our two, if not both of them, in there. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And if you can't look past the the fact that. They are playing limited minutes, uh, not limited, but they're playing fewer minutes because of the platoon system. Then you're not doing your job. You should that should be part of your analysis. Mm-hmm. You oh know? yeah, yeah. I mean, all all that they're looking at is stats. I guess you know they're, they're wanting to see who scores the most. Exactly. You know, that, that's the easy thing to look at. Was who, who scored the most? Well, Ryan Harrell's averaging probably twenty three points a game. I think that's what he ended up with last year. So, yeah. so he's he's got to be one of the best. Point guards. That's just that's just nuts. It is completely silly. And uh, you look at Devin Booker on three point shots. He's seventeen of forty two at forty percent. And uh, the Twins are not shooting great right now. But uh, law of averages are going to catch up. And we're you know you saw Aaron catching up to him the last game. And I expect as we move forward for those for uh, both of them to shoot better. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, we've already divided a little bit our shooting, but I'm really not that concerned because we do have. Still a long way to go, and shooting is going to get better. I want to, one thing I want to throw in quickly again uh, about Euless. I already gave away my answer, but what what I was going to say was, in my opinion, every best team, every championship team, every Final Four contender has to have a guy on the team that's a bulldog. Now it's great if you have a bunch of them, but if you don't have, if, if you have to have one at least. And in my opinion, at this point of the season, I believe that Tyler Eulis is our bulldog. I'm talking about the guy that's going to – I mean, we have everybody hustles, everybody tries hard, everybody wants to win, but there's there's that intangible, and I really feel like that he's he's the guy. He's the bulldog. Yeah, when he gets on the court, it's, things change. You know, the, the momentum changes. He's – like I said, he, he's flashy. He's, you know, he's in their face. He's quick. He's, you know, constantly making steals or making it hard to pass. As little as he is, he's – He's phenomenal on defense. Similar to what Alex could bring in his athleticism and that breakaway dunk block and all the things that Alex could do. Tyler doesn't do those things, but my point is Tyler does things that other guys on the team can't do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, he, he's going to be huge uh, coming up. Uh, <laughs> Just think about this, though. We, we've talked about Willie, how he can do things that nobody else can do on the court. Uh, Alex, God bless his knee, but – 
he did things that nobody else could do on the court. Now we're saying the same thing about you. How special is this team? We're we're watching history, folks. If you're not paying attention, pay attention right now because this doesn't come along very often. Again, Dakota Utah, (laughs) Bobby Perry. I love you, Bobby. Mm. I love you. Shigari. Yeah, okay. And, and, you know, it's... uh, Shikari the Globetrotter now. Enjoy the ride. We're going to take a break. All right, there was uh, another look at our team shop. Uh, We've got uh, some new stuff coming out first of the year we're very excited about. We'll keep that a secret right now, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And thanks to everybody that has been buying some shirts. We've been selling some shirts. Happy about that. And the cat scratch is flying off the shelf. Real happy about that. And, you know, again, we're scratching and clawing for nine. Not putting pressure on this team, but we're until we get it. And then when we get it, we still got the nine right there on the shirt. So. Pick that thing up. Uh, of course, tomorrow we got the team we're chasing, who has 11. Um, God, we've been so close to oh, Let's not even go there. That'd be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, we'll do that sometime because we, we've got that going on. Uh, but, yeah, tomorrow we got UCLA come uh, playing uh, on a neutral court against the Chicago, right? It's in Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know much about UCLA. No, one thing when I look at these teams, especially the bigger teams that we go to play, is I look at their roster. And, you know, and through the recruiting circles, we, we recognize names, you know, players we've lost, players that Cal's recruited. And you would think UCLA, you know, in the last couple of years, they've had some of those players. There's nobody on this team that I... They lost several to the NBA. They, they did. And the only names I know on there is there's two Alford kids, and that's the coach's kids. And Right, exactly. So, again, there's nobody on this team that I know. They they have hit some road bumps to start the season. They, they were ranked in the top 25 at the start of the season, but I believe that's a lot from what they did last year. Exactly. And, you know, basically everybody at this point is saying they're not very good. So, But, like you said earlier, there is a reason why that UCLA is on the front of the jersey. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they're playing that team called Kentucky. So I'm not going to sit here and say blowout uh, because that would be naive to the history. Well, I can say that, though. Okay, well, I hope you're right. <laughs> I'm, but, lo- I'm looking at probably 20. It may be another Kansas game. You know, Bring it. Because, you know, you, again, you look at the rosters. Kansas has players that we knew. So we know they have great players. Perry Ellis is walking out there with the Canes, been there for 20 years. He's only a junior, by the way. Right. And but again, UCLA has nobody that we know, and I, I've seen them play one game against Gonzaga with Kyle Wilcher, and they, you know, they look horrible. They, I don't know what they do. I think LeBron James and Perry Ellis share a similar hairstyle, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we should beat them pretty handily, and we'll find out obviously tomorrow. But it's, uh, I don't think they're very good this no, year. No, they're not. No. <laughs> But again, like you said, it's not a game that the players going into it are going are going to think it's a letdown. You know, it's it's not a Columbia. It's not going to be that way because, like you said, it does say UCLA on the on the their jersey. And it's an afternoon game on a neutral court with our real fans there. And the you know it's going to be. I'm ready right now. Yeah, you know, I love how Cal does these tournament type. Uh, what is a tournament? But I'm talking about you know the the big tournament 
type atmospheres. I mean, this is a Sweet 16 type game. Yes, it is very much so. Maybe an Elite Eight type atmosphere. You get you uh, ran into somebody that that you wanted to talk a little bit about. <laughs> it was, was kind of comical. I was went out to do my Christmas shopping, and of course, I see a little sports memorabilia shop. <clears throat> that was hard to say. Memorabilia. Yeah. But so I go in there and I'm looking at all the little knickknacks and cards and balls and all that. And of course I'm wearing my UK jacket. And so the the I don't know if he's the owner or the worker. He comes up and talks to me, asks me. I didn't know who he was a fan of. He just asked me uh, about the Louisville game and if I thought you know how I thought the game would go about. And uh, I just told him, you know, it'll be close just because it's Louisville, but. I don't see that Louisville really has much that we need to worry about. Well, lo and behold, the guy, is he is a Louisville fan. And, you know, I'm not there, – there's fans of this types of, of, with every team, you know, Carolinas and Dukes and here in Kentucky. You know, we all have the, the fans that are kind of, kind of I'm going to say, silly. I'm well, the, you have, like, the over-militant types. You have the uninformed types. You know, every fan base has different yeah. types. So anyway, he, he goes starts going into me, and first thing he says, of course, is Calipari's not a very good coach, which to me I should just turn and walk away then because there's no talking to people like that. Exactly. But and I, so I asked him, well, what, what's your thought process on that? He says, well, you know, no, no coach like that should take a team to the NIT. So I had to remind him that Patino's taken two Louisville teams to the NIT. No way. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. It, which it's lo and behold, he he didn't know that. A Louisville fan did not know that Patino was taking two teams to the NIT. That's amazing. So then he goes into the one and done, how he can't stand the one and done. You know, he's he's just, it's awful and how players need to stay for three, four years. Let me get my cliche swatter out. And I mean, he's like pop culture fan there. All, yeah. you know. But again, it's all Kentucky and Cal Perry. They're really the only ones that do the one and done. Exactly. You know, nobody else does it. Yeah. So, he, so then he goes on to tell me that uh, – Players like Anthony Davis, you know, he, he tells me, well, he could have been so much better if he had stayed at Kentucky for four years. <laughs> well, well, yeah, he's probably right, but you know, then, <laughs> then instead of being an All Star in year two in the NBA, it might have been his, you know his rookie year. He'd been in, in <laughs> but, but he then he tells me that well, he's only averaging like what fourteen points a game. I said, no, he's like the number two leading scorer in the NBA right now. Oh, well, I didn't know that. But yet he comes up and, and picks picks a little bit of a conversation fight with you yeah. and doesn't know anything. So then I have to tell him, you know, how the GMs have all put him in the top three of players in the NBA. He's a future star, and, and still he just oh he's a star now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he is. But I'm talking about a future MVP. Uh, you know, perennial MVP. I'm going to say. I would say all time. When you say future star, you're, you're talking like. I'm talking about My, all-time Michael stars. Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, yeah. Anthony Davis, yeah, kind Larry of Bird, Mike John, you know, in yeah. that in that realm of exactly. players, right? But but still, if he stayed for four years, how much better would he have been? <laughs> well, See, so anyway, that that was my brief encounter with the. That I did tell him I would come back to a store later and inform him a little bit. Well, better. you know that, that's the whole thing. Obviously, the game's coming up. We're going to have another podcast next week leading up to that. But just that would be like a precursor to it. Uh, again, not everybody. There's informed fans out there from every fan base, but it seems to be a large number that just has <laughs> these cliched, canned answers. And all you have to do, throw one little fact against them, and then all of a sudden, you know, I had a little back and forth myself. I'll throw this in there real quick before we uh, touch on some things and get out of here. But uh, the old uh, the old thing about how uh, 
it was brought up how they're going to destroy us this year, and I said, well, if things play out like they have the last six out of the last seven years, then we're going to win the game. Oh, that's just like a U.K. fan to use, always go back to the past. That's something they use all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I say, yeah, but you know what? I get tired of you guys always saying how you're going to kill us in the future and how it never <laughs> plays out that way. So history always has a way of repeating itself. Now, granted, they're due. You yeah, know, they are due. Yeah, six out of the last seven. Uh, we've also won 32 out of the last 47, okay? So history has a way of repeating itself, and yet th that's their go-to line. Oh, you guys always live in the past. It's like, well, you guys always live in the future, okay, <laughs> where you can say, hey, we're going to win 100 games in a row and win 10 titles. Well, you know, do it, okay? So, anyway, that's – it's. Uh, and what's going to happen is we'll destroy them. We're jumping ahead a whole game here already, but, you know, say, say we destroy them, they're going to say, well – Wait till next year. Right, exactly. You know, you're going to lose all these players, and we're going to have all of our players back. You know, they won the title in 2013, and I always say, did that title count? Well, yeah, yeah okay, well, it's in the past. <laughs> well, how far back in the past do you want to go? That's the whole deal. Yeah. All right, anyway. They all count. <laughs> they all count. And tomorrow, you know, tomorrow's going to count, and yesterday counted. Okay. Uh, we got, you had a little bit of football news you want to touch on. Yeah, it was a, a big hire for Mark Stoops. It kind of came out of nowhere. We uh, they did, had said there was three candidates for the offensive coordinator position, and the one he hired nobody had really ever mentioned. Uh, a Shannon Dawson uh, from West Virginia. You know, that's that's a big time school to be getting a, an assistant coach from. Uh, he is a How Mummy disciple, so you go back to our probably our best offensive team that Kentucky has ever seen offensively. You know, our defense was horrible then, but. So now we have Stoops, who's a defensive mind. We've got Shannon Dawson coming in, who's an offensive mind, which Stoops said in his, in his uh, interview the other day, I heard him on the, on the Kentucky Sports Radio show, Right, said that it's very important to him to get an offensive mind in there because he is a defensive mind. So, you know, this is a big step for a coach to come in to run the offense because Stoops really, I mean, he, I'm not going to say he doesn't care about it, but he leaves that to his assistant. So then that's going to lead to the assistants, you know, getting a, a head coaching job elsewhere, which happened with Neil Brown. So, you know, that's great that he's giving them that opportunity. Didn't we just lose a guy to Houston as well? The uh, the special teams coach. Right. You know, which, you know, with Neil Brown and the special team coach, I can't remember how to say his name, nothing, sorry, but Navi, Navar, or something like that. But he uh, – you know, when things go bad, a lot of people like to point fingers. And if it's not players, it's the coaches. Well, a lot of the special teams, we had some mishaps go on here and there. So it's easy to point fingers at a special teams coach. And But how, you know, to me, I don't know how important a special teams coach is. You know, right. you, know you kick the ball, you punt it, and you catch it. And, yeah, you know, and, and then you might drop it, and then it's, and then it's the coach's fault, right? When yeah. you drop the ball. But just a couple numbers here on Shannon Dawson's offense at, at West Virginia. Uh, these aren't exact, but uh, at West Virginia, they averaged 380 yards per game passing to around 130 yards rushing. So that's a good balance, and that's kind of, you know, that's going to keep recruits coming in because we have some big running backs that were recruited to come in. So 100 yards, 130 yards rushing, it's a good number for running back to come in. 380 yards passing, that's, that's a lot of numbers for quarterbacks and receivers to come in and look at. So again, it's, it's the it's the how mummy offense, the air raid that we're used to. We already have players in place for this offense, and that was another big key for the, this hire was is somebody to match our personnel. 
We're getting there, folks. You know, five wins last season, and we didn't expect them as quickly as we got them. We're going to get those wins that we were hoping to get last season moving forward. Yeah, next year we have Florida at home and Louisville at home. So that, that's two uh, big rivals there that we need to, to. Did I hear we have Auburn at home too? Maybe I haven't really okay. looked at the schedule, but I, I know we have those two at home next right. year, and that's two teams that we need to to kind of. We're gonna get them. Yeah, you know, kick kick to the side one time. I'm on board with the Stoops troops. All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, like I said, we got a podcast coming up early next week, probably late Tuesday night, early Wednesday, moving into the Christmas time. Ho, ho, ho. uh, Ho, ho, ho. And, of course, uh, that other game that we play against those other guys coming in next Saturday night. But we'll have a special show for that next, next week. All right. Beat UCLA. Go Cats. Go Cats. Until the next time, stay crazy, Kentucky. Follow us on Twitter at Kentucky Crazies. And find us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Kentucky Crazies. KentuckyCrazies.com. Listen up. You people are crazy. And this is all a part of my sickness.